cracking open an ice cold RC Cola. No. No, this is a no-brainer. No-brainer. Victory Beers. They're the folks who do the Golden Monkey. Yeah, yeah. It's a good beer. Yeah, it's a great how, beer. How, how is the no-brainer? It's pretty good. Yeah. Not, it's no Golden Monkey, but... Is uh is it is it as good as Getting Brain? <laughs> Nah, bruh. Nah. Didn't didn't think so. Didn't think so. Ain't nothing's as good as that, bruh. You're telling me, brother. Ain't nothing. You're telling me, brah. That's uh, the competing podcast, Book Bras. Book, yes, yeah. Yeah, Folio Bros. Yeah. (laughs) So Man, many different, uh, so many variations of a really bad idea out there, you know? Yeah. We really lucked out with Dune Dudes. We did, yeah. yeah. It feels like, should we, is there a way to like, I don't know, copyright it or uh, trademark um, it? What, what do you do? Yeah. Because someone else is eventually going to be like, oh, yeah. they're going to put two and two together, you know? Yes, they will. Yeah. What was one of the other ones like Dune Bros? Um, I think there's there's Dune Buddies. There are, yeah. there's, there's Dune Boys. This isn't to like call people out and, and, and shit on the podcast themselves or the quality of it. It's more like, really? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, when, just... you, when I, I, I would invite anyone onto the podcast to have a conversation with us just yeah. to pick their brains a little. Absolutely. If you ask me, the name Dude Dudes was a no brainer. Absolutely. To, to bring that back. And it, and two it, seconds ago. it was a victory on our, on our end mm. as well. This podcast brought to you by Victory Beer. Yeah, it's our sponsor. Get, get a Victory Beer. It's a no-brainer. For tonight's episode. Oh, that was good. That was good. They, yeah. they should hire you. Yeah. That's my book bras voice. <laughs> What'd you think? That's going to be our next podcast after Dune Dudes, book bras. We finally figured out the name. No, I like redheads. So. Book bras. It's going to be book, book bras. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The people have spoken. You're the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Something to think about. All right. What's going on? Um, with you? I I got my second Moderna shot. Yeah, and it really threw you for a loop, huh? Not as bad as it hit you. I definitely think that I my my symptoms were 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 lesser because i would not have described it the way that you did it sounded like you got hit by like a truck you know yeah um i wasn't quite i didn't get quite to that level no what well, describe to me your your symptoms uh so well i got my shot at 3:20 and <clears throat> 3 3:20 p.m. and then that night slash morning at about 4.30 a.m., which I think is roughly the time frame you described. I woke up, uh, had chills, felt cold, just got up. So I was up from uh, about then. And then I kind of went back and forth between being like hot and cold all day. Yeah. I felt sore. Um, And beyond having like a a small headache that I took some Tylenol for, that was about it. The, The thing is, it's... It's not that my symptoms, it's not like the, the chills or the fever or whatever felt like it was like unbearable, but it went on for a long time. 
I felt that way for like a full day or so. Gotcha. Yeah, mine mine was definitely quite a bit worse than that, but it did not last all day. So I guess if you were to like even it out, it's probably similar, you know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Into you know, it's like lesser lesser symptoms for a longer period of time. Yeah. Versus stronger symptoms in a more more compact session. Yeah, I mean, uh, who's to say what's what's better? But um, we, it's 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 proven that we are both, you know, weak. And uh, I don't know. I I think now that we've gone through it, it's almost like a spice agony. I think we're stronger yeah. on the other end. I agree with you that. Know? Yeah, I I I do agree with that. I still think we're easy to kill, but we we're a little bit stronger. Yeah. I mean, everyone's easy to kill, ultimately. You know? I guess so. We're all just squishy bags of meat, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Some squishier than others. Some squishier than others. Some are, are um, you know, fused with sand trout. Mm-hmm. Um, but that gives them other strengths. It does. Know? Yeah, it's true. So every, everyone has uh, their part to play, right? Yes, indeed. Um, we're at a point we're not really talking about sand, sand trout these days, though. No, no, that's that's not that's not really part of the equation here. Um, yeah, this this we we are uh, breaking new grounds onto new territory. Yeah, we're kind of be going to be going onto like a new planet, a whole new fucking kind of. In a way. We'll see. You could say that. We are uh, just starting Heretics of Dune. We've read the first five chapters, and we are here to discuss it together and break it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be remiss to say that, you know, or to not say that this is this is round two of us trying to uh, do this. Yeah. This is the second Moderna shot of us doing this podcast. Yes, yes, we uh, got interrupted by a, a you know a, a minor medical issue that needed to be taken care of and couldn't uh, you know uh, rendered us unable to finish the podcast. Um, and we got sixteen minutes in, hmm. and I I do want to just say for you Dune dudes, you don't have to fans, say. It. There are none. <laughs> you Dune Dude super fans. There are 16 minutes. And I, I, I actually haven't told Connor this yet, but there are 16 minutes of um, of Dune Dude's content that's out there on the internet. It's it's out there. It's posted somewhere. I'm You're not trying gonna, to rile me up. I'm not going to say where. You are just trying to rile me up. I'm not going to say where or how you can access it, but I want you to know that it is out there. It's it's available for your listening pleasure if if you um have the skills to to Great. track it down. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that there has been other times throughout the the year or so of us doing this where we've started and had to stop or you know, like I don't think that's the only time uh I you know, you've got to let it go. It's not not important that we talked for fifteen fucking minutes and then and then had to do this again. 
No, no, it's 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 been. And you didn't even have to. You didn't even have to bring it up. No, you didn't let it go. You're talking about it right now, and I wasn't going to say anything. I think it's. I think it makes for good, uh, good conversation. All right. Of course, it makes for good. You you think it makes a good. You think it makes for good content. Because that's what um, you are. You, you're a con- you are a content producer. You're a cog in the wheel. I would say of that the there's, internet machine. I would say that there's no such thing as good content. I I think that all right. It feels well, like an oxymoron to me. Well, then, you know, much like Leto, you are you are railing against the thing that you are, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is my golden path, as I've established, uh, you know, before a few times. I'm going to be, you know, pumping out content um, at a relentless, um, disgusting pace, and mm. nobody is going to be able to get away from it. And maybe at the end of that, uh, people will will realize that you know, content is useless. And um, art is is uh, art is where it's at. Hmm. <clears throat> put, I guess put, we'll. Put I guess we'll see. Love into your work, you know. I guess we'll see. I'm not even really sure where we're at with Leto's golden path. We'll have to talk about that a bit. We too, will. Perhaps. Yes, that's that's true. The fallout remains, just as the fallout from my golden path will surely remain when 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 I'm through when uh when I get All right, well, I get thrown off a bridge. You gotta fucking like tape a whole bunch of trout to yourself first, there, buddy. Yeah, I gotta find some trout. <laughs> um. All right, you brought it up. So la- last time when we tried to do this, we were talking about the uh, the theme song. Yeah, this is really the last thing to cover before we we go out of here. And I've got it. I'm gonna play it right now, actually. No, fucking stop it! Just stop it! All right, just fucking stop for two seconds of your life. Just let me say what I want to say, and then we can get through it, all right? Okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right. Oh, my God. Okay. I just want to say, um, you know, I think Connor is – I think he is still ex- experiencing some side effects from the shot. I think he's a little all right. bit yeah, great. Okay, great. Because before we, we did this, you know – You don't need he, to do this he, either. You don't need to say any of he this. He asked his very kind – and loving girlfriend Tony to to you know bring him his copy of Heretics of Dune, and you know she 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 picked it up, brought it to him. I don't know what happened. I think she it might have been dropped or something. Right, you don't know what I happened. don't know you exactly no what idea. happened. But he he lost his shit. His his you know he he uh, he he flipped his lid. Is uh is is a term I'd use. You know, um, so just just be you know, audience, just be aware he's in a fragile state. Uh, you know, we got to treat him with with care and uh, and kindness. It's not what here. happened. So <laughs> no, it's not what happened. I'm not really not interested in discussing it, but that's not what happened. Um, the theme song. Yes, the theme song. Yep. All right. So so last time I was saying like, oh, I'm not really sure. This was like my idea. I just I you know I just I just had the kernel of an idea. Yeah. It, and it was kind of coming off the end of God Emperor. It was taking Green Day's minority and trying to parody that with the minority majority at, yes. in the last chapter of God Emperor. And that like worked well enough, right? But it didn't really work for Heretics of Dune. Um, 
wasn't wasn't what I wanted, you know. So I, I kept thinking. I'm glad. I was really glad I had another week because I I had no idea last week, really. And I had one idea. This isn't the the song. I'm gonna get to the song in two seconds. I was thinking of um. Uh. Okay, you know the the Billy Joel song "Moving Out," Anthony's song. Yeah, and it's yeah. like yeah, um, and it's like working too hard can give you a heart attack. Yuck, 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 yuck. And I was thinking like, because everyone's coming back from space, yeah. whatever. You know, that's what this is kind of the beginnings about. And so I was thinking I, I would make the theme song "Moving Back," mm. Duncan's song. Oh, you know, yeah. And it's like, but I, I didn't really know what to. I was thinking instead of like heart attack, heck, heck, it'd be like heretic. Heck, 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 yeah, heck. no, I, but I, I, like there's something there. There absolutely is I, something there. But I, but I, I didn't get there and it felt like, you know, a Billy Joel parody wasn't going to work for our theme song. Okay. So I went back to Green Day. Nice. I went back to Green Day. That's what was in my head. And it, it hit me. You know, really, really, we are dealing with the fallout from the Golden Path, right? Yes. But. The Golden Path also triggers this event known as the Scattering, right? Yes. Connor, is there a Green Day song you can think of that sounds similar to Scattering? <laughs> yes, yeah, there is. Um, uh, it is uh, Basket Case. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Basket Case. But then there's one, It the next runner-up. Yeah, there's a song called Scattered. <laughs> Scattered. Yeah. Scattered. That exists. Yep. <clears throat> So instead of scattered, we have scattering for our theme song for Heritage Ooh. Tim. Um, you ready? You ready for me to sing it? I am so ready. <sighs> All right. Here we go. And then you're going to join me next week. This is how yes. this is how it goes, I guess. I'm going to sing it the first week, and then we're going to do it together. Yep, you got week. it. Right. Okay, cool. I'll send you the lyrics after. Please. Okay, here we go. Well, we know there's scattered people coming back from outer space. Reminds me of the golden path. Humans fled from Leto's wrath. Has everyone forgotten their purpose in this life? Duncan's memories have been erased. Reverend Mother's repeat mistakes. Well, learn from the past and present heretics of Dune. (laughs) story to tell and we are reading <laughs> they see the past and present and the future too get back to rack is heretics of dune oh my god holy shit wow that would that's fucking perfect wow thanks that that is next level that, <laughs> truly a worthy follow-up to uh the god emperor god emperor the Doom. god emperor one yeah. really pushed me that was that that's a truly worthy successor so i did Damn. i went for a long one yeah that's it's so good Thanks. it's so good i you know i it was fun i was gonna be a little shit and like play the the old theme song just for, yeah. for fun but yeah. that was so good. I'm not going to now. Not yeah. Not even exactly. No. Why would you? There's no point. Why would you? Yeah. That 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 was a good theme song. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Me, really means the world to me to have your approval. Well, I mean, you 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 went for it, and you know, you you shot for the stars, and you landed there. Damn. Wow. You did. <sighs> All right. Well, let's. Uh... But I I will for sure need the lyrics. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's. 
Okay. So are we going to, you know, talk I about Dune, right? I say jump right in. Yeah. Talk, we, and talk about Dune? Talk about some Dune. It's, it is uh, Dune Dudes, colon, Heretics of Dune Heretics Dudes. Heretics of Dune Dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last last week, we kind of, I think, spent a long time thinking about, like, man, isn't it wild that we're on the fifth book? And we didn't, you know, we didn't really bring that up here. But just, just for posterity... It is pretty fucking crazy it that is. we're on the fifth book out of six yep. here. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I think I I was like saying that you know it it feels like a point we I didn't know if we'd reach you know. Um, yeah. Just because like, I don't know. It seems, you know, unattainable almost from when you're at, at the first book. You're like, holy shit! I've got all these in between the last two, and now it feels like, I don't know. It it kind of it kind of almost feels like. Uh, like a victory lap, victory laps. Yeah. You know, it's like we're victory we're... laps brought to you by Victory Beer. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the theme of this episode. That's there the sponsor of this episode. Um, but yeah, so going to keep that one going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I it's 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 weird now that we're kind of on the on the home stretch. We're winding down. Yeah, I know. You know, we we've got uh, a lot less ahead of us than we when we had in our past, and that's that's something that we, that we'll be you know reckoning with along the way. So, yeah, yeah, very true. Um, the lengths of the books are different, so it was never like quite equal. But like the we, you know we finished the first three, and it was like whoa, you know, you close the cover on Children Are Doing It, it's like we still have three more books to go. Yeah, and all. Uh, you know, at least longer than Messiah and children. Right. So it's like, it feels like there's so much left, but yeah, getting through God Emperor felt like, you know, like, like you're going up a roller coaster and finishing that was like, we're kind of going down it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's how it feels. Um, Maybe we'll be thrown for a loop, huh? Maybe. I mean, there, there's, there's already a few loops uh, that have been thrown at us in just the first five chapters. So um and and real quick real quick i promise but i want to mention the foreword to this book because we yeah. both have it um and it's it's a good you know forward in and of itself I, I like what he writes but there's two things about it that i wanted to discuss if that's all right yeah um the the first thing is it seems like the main message here of it is like the desire for success um, like diminishes the potential of a work. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're creating something in mind with the idea that you're making it in order to be successful or, or achieve some kind of fame or even a return, you know, um, that that's that actually affects the work itself because you're making it for reasons other than the like the the, the joy or the drive of creation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, I definitely think that there's a, a, a truth to that, you know? Um, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense that Frank Herbert specifically believes that and writes with that mantra because each Dune book, each successive Dune book we've read, it's been like, this isn't what I expected. Yeah. This is different, you mm-hmm. know? This is like pushing the characters into um, 
you know, situations that, that, that really force them to like change and, and like, you know, uh, face these crises or, or, you know, it, it takes risks with the world building and, and the time jumps and, you know, all these things. And it, you know, and it doesn't always pay off. Cause again, there are, there are things in God Emperor that I didn't like, and that's yeah. just the way it is, I think. But I, but I, I think that, um, you know, it's because Frank Herbert believes he's, you know, writing a story that he, he feels compelled to tell rather than a story he's continuing for the sake of, uh, you know, money, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, that we get such different stories and twists and turns in each book, you know? Messiah is not Dune 2. It's its own weird thing you yep. know and children is not dune three like they are numerically of course but you get my point you know yeah um, yeah they're i mean they they are unique uh contributions you know he, he he doesn't really bathe in the same river twice yeah that's exactly it yeah and the the other thing that i want to say was that i really like the the ending of it where he says there's an unwritten compact between you and the reader if someone enters a bookstore and sets down hard-earned money, in parentheses, energy, for you, your book, you owe that person some entertainment and as much more as you can give. Um, and I, I guess I just really appreciate that, you know, Frank Herbert so openly is just like, money is energy, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, really what you are doing by purchasing this is is saying that, you know, the time that you spend toiling away probably working a job that you don't want to work, you know, yes. giving your, your own life force to exist on this planet. That if, if you give even a small part of that to someone else, um, you know, that that is a, a, an exchange of extremely high value, even if it's only a few dollars, because those, those dollars represent your life and your energy. Um, yeah. And so it's just cool to see someone like, you know, slap that on their book and be like, you know, it's not just your money. You know, money is not this abstract thing. It is something that is tied up in these systems. And it's something that, you know, that you earn or even earn feels like the, the wrong word. It's something that you are given through your your, your labor, yeah. through your energy and yep. your time. I mean, it, it all boils down to energy and time, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I think it's it's great. You know, he clearly appreciates being given any of that and i mean i think he 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 knows that you know time and energy are are, <coughs> are precious resources right you know and uh we we live in a culture where the, you know they they are absolutely not um as you know cared about as they should be um as 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 human beings like you know like you were saying we do live in a world where they you know people see money as a uh as uh you know as as less as less of an abstract thing and more of the you know the end goal uh you know and um yeah i mean it it's it's cool to see that put into words and i think i think for all of, of frank herbert's weird uh, you know ideas that maybe we have issues with like i think he has a lot of um really spot on thoughts too you know um He's yeah, he 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 definitely kind of 
knows the name of the game, and I, I call him something of a of of a humanist, you know. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. Um. Okay. So with that all being said, do you want to mention anything else, or or can we? Uh, would you like to start with our first actual chapter? Yeah. Let's let's get into the the the, the meat and potatoes of it all. All right. Um. Man, not since maybe the first Dune book itself have I felt like there was so much I needed to learn and keep track of and make connections with, you know. Um, This book throws a lot at us. And to be fair, these first couple of chapters, I think you know, ease you in well enough. It gives you a lot, but you also need a lot to like learn what the state of the galaxy is at this moment. So it's not like overwhelming, but things are so, you know, so far removed from even where we were. This is what, uh, 1500 years after God Emperor now. I think so. Um, so there's a lot different, but the very first line of this chapter, essentially the first line of the book, shows us something very familiar. It says, Taraza told you, did she not, that we have gone through 11 of these Duncan Idaho Golas. Uh, this one is the 12th. <laughs> so like it's like all right duncan's here and this is something that i i mentioned to you off the podcast but i want to mention again quickly here it felt like i read that and i had this recognition that never really crystallized for me until now being five books in but duncan is the main character of the dune series yeah 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 um, and I had no idea this whole time. What a freaking realization, right? That's because it's, I mean, truly at this point. Yeah. There's no other option. Duncan is the main character of Doom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like when I saw that, I, cause, cause I, I, I told you this on the, on our unreleased podcast. Mm, yeah. Um, so, sounds like there's some good stuff on there. We should consider there, releasing there's it. There's some damn good stuff on there. Uh, it will see the light of the day eventually. Anyways, right, go on. Um, that I one thing that I was spoiled about for for Heretics was I I, I knew Duncan was somehow in the book. Mm. Um, and I did not know exactly how or why, um, but I I knew his story continued somehow, and so I was not surprised. But. W- when I saw his his name on the first page, I just immediately thought of your reaction, and because <laughs> I remember, I forget if it was the last episode of uh, God Emperor or like one of the the last ones. You're just like, yeah. you know, now we've got like three endings to to Duncan's story or whatever, and and like, y- y- it, it kind of sounded like you 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 thought this was the end again, <laughs> like oh, yeah, I was yeah. like I oh, that that's he's. Yeah, no, I I absolutely did. If you if someone were like, "Oh, do you think Duncan's in the next book?" I'd be like, "No, there's been enough." (laughs) All right, like 
his bloodline continues. Like, isn't that enough? And I it's like, no, it's yeah, not enough. Not, no. It's not. <laughs> um, but, you know, just like how we were saying, you know, Herbert changes things up each book. No book has the same Duncan twice to its credit. Yeah. Duncan is in every book, but each Duncan is different. We've discussed that before, too. Mm-hmm. Something that makes having him come back still be interesting um, instead Absolutely. of like eye rollingly painful. It's not a static character. No, 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 no. Um, and this time we got baby Duncan. Yes. Yeah. Which I mean, raises so many questions. Yeah. To I me. Know. He's 12. When we start the story, we get a flashback later where he's like nine, I think. Yeah. Nine or 10. Um, so he's growing too. He wasn't born twelve. Yeah, well, yeah. This, um, this this illuminates our all of our, you know, questions about what is Agola, how are they created, how are like, I guess now we're meant to believe that they are born, that they are raised from childhood. You know, I, I guess you're right. Um, that's such like a simple solution dangling right in front of my face that I, I have to tell you, even after reading these five chapters, I hadn't really considered because I was still just under the impression that Agola is regrown clone like into the the form of the cells from like the body you took it from, you know. Um, and so I thought something was like very different about this Gola. And there probably still is, because that's why Duncan's around, and uh, you know. Yeah. But, but I, you know, you're right. It could very well simply be that all Golas, every Duncan we've seen, every Duncan well, Gola is just uh, thinking a baby. about it. Thinking about it now, and I don't, I don't, I don't think this is something that's going to be addressed or really needs to be addressed. But I do think that, or in my head, how I'm rationalizing this is, I feel like the Gola technology has changed over the centuries and millennia yeah um, because hey like what there was like nine or like 11 years that passed between dune and, and messiah and like duncan duncan hate duncan is like a fully grown middle-aged man yes so he yeah, yeah, have, yeah there would not, not have been enough time to raise him and grow okay him into a yes grown duncan. thank you i need you to talk this out yes okay yes correct so, it's just one of those things that doesn't doesn't really add up if you put if if you kind of think about it for a second and put you know make make your own uh yeah obviously I didn't think solution. about it for any, any um, number of seconds <laughs> yeah so I I don't know there maybe we'll find out more about the process but yeah well I mean so so I so I thought that this gola was made differently you know that something about this gola is is different in in the process of how it came to be. You're right that that might not be explained. That might not be true. Um, but it, it does seem very weird that we have baby Duncan here, because yeah. every other Duncan that we've gotten um, has has been presumably been the, the same age essentially. Yeah. I guess it does maybe raise some questions like. In God Emperor, when um, Leto is considering killing Duncan and the Tleilaxu are like, oh, we won't have one ready for another two years or so. It's like, 
you know, we were thinking maybe the Slaylaxu are um, just fucking with them, you know, with in any way that they can, perhaps. But if it if it's anything like this, it could be that the Duncans were even like alive, but not ready, you know, not yeah, ready to be awakened. Not at the age where they can be, um, yeah, awakened to their to their cellular memories. Yeah. Um. Well, whatever. We'll just talk in circles if we. Uh, keep on that we're only one yeah. sentence into the first chapter so <laughs> oh God. i'll try i'll try and move a little faster here um we got we got two reverend mothers that are watching uh this 12 year old duncan idaho gola do his uh training um they're on the planet of gamu which uh we learned was originally Gietti prime the homeworld yeah. of the Harkonnens. Yep. Which is important because uh, in Duncan's original life, that's his homeworld. Yeah. He was born on Gietti Prime, which um, I don't know if we're ever given that information. Um, that sounds like news to me. Yeah, I don't think I we've think. been told that explicitly before. Right. Not not like it matters in any of the previous books, but I don't feel like that's like something that has been brought up before. So I was like, yeah. okay. So so Duncan, who obviously hates the Harkonnens and ends up in a trade service, um, is actually born on the Harkonnen homeworld. So kind of an interesting uh piece of his origin there. Um and so it's it's important. Actually, you know, we'll come back to the goal thing later. But it is important that that uh, his surroundings be similar to his upbringing uh, yes. to the Bene Gesserit. And it's the Bene Gesserit who are um, who are raising him, essentially. Um, the long and short of it here is we have Reverend Mother Shwangyu. I think that's Schwangyu. Yeah, sure. All right, sure. That's, that's, how, I, that's how I thought of it. I think. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, that's what I think so too. Um, who essentially runs the Gamu uh, place, whatever you know, where um, home for home for troubled Duncan youths. Yep. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> um, and they'll they'll have other uh, Benny Gesserit come in to assist with Duncan's training, but um, they need to be replaced periodically for any number of reasons. This is the the first ar <coughs> arrival of Lucilla, who is herself a Reverend Mother, but she's quite young, um, and she's. She's just observing Duncan for the first time. She's here to assist in, in Duncan's upbringing. Um, there's a lot going on here. I feel like it branch off in many different directions. Um, but what I want to talk about a little bit here, because it, it seems important that's brought up in this chapter. And as you, you know, might recall from the theme song, there are people coming back from outer space. Yes. Connor. Yes. Yeah, we, we have... Uh... The the scattering and the return of uh of the people that were scattered. Yes. And the Bene Gesserit are concerned. Yeah. There is a <clears throat> a group of people in the uh scattering 
called the Honored Mattress. Yeah. Um, I'd say Matress <laughs> because I think it sounds better. And, um, you know. I was thinking Maters. But, uh, meters. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we you know, we don't pronounce uh you know Benny Gesserit the same. No, we don't. So if you want to say what'd you say? M- M- meters? meters. Meters, yeah. Meters? Yeah. D- did you look it up? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not I am i am gonna look it up now actually. Okay. I think I, I like it's like I I I I think in my head like saying waitress but with an N. You know, matrix. Oh, matrix. Yeah, that that's probably it. So it says the uh, it's it's Latin for mothers. Mm. They were okay. female deities venerated in northwestern Europe, of whom relics are found dating from the first to fifth century. Not telling me the pronunciation. Uh, well, did you look up how to pronounce it, or did you just search the word? It should, it should, you, it should tell me how to pronounce cause it. Because you you can type in. It should tell me how to pronounce it, like on Wikipedia. Like an audio thing, like you're gonna uh, listen to no, like, someone say, like, or you're or you're gonna like read it'll, the, yeah, in, in, in parentheses, you know, it'll be like, yeah, it'll have the phonetic uh, pronunciation. <clears throat> okay, right. let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, oh, of course, the first result that comes up is is Dune. How do you pronounce honored? Mattress. Careful, you, you you might get spoilers. All right, know, so you gotta tread lightly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not gonna dive into that. Don't uh, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about whoa, it. Whoa, we'll, wait, um... wait 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 wait. Maters. Yep, you're right. It's it's maters. maters. No, you said maters. maters. I said matrix. Oh. Oh, so I'm right. Okay. You maters. Maters. Yeah. I'm not saying that shit. It's I, I just pulled up a YouTube video. It says it's... how to pronounce Maters, and it's and, and it's it's a guy. <laughs> it's, that's, it's a guy that's just repeating Maters, <laughs> Maters, and that's on the podcast though because I I'm I'm recording uh, system audio. So okay, cool. Maters, it is. So well, you you can say I'm maters. like I'm I you know I'm I feel like I'm pretty good at guessing pronunciation, and I feel like you just are like I. In, you know, uh, but you know, in another honestly, world. If, if if we were to if we were to like go through a track record of of who's been like correct, correct is in quotation marks. You know, because yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be you. It's like which I one of us right. is the uh, the English major again? Mm, okay, there, you know? buddy. Uh, you know, it's makes you think. Don't uh, don't don't overstep. <laughs> you know, I'm still. I'm still the host here, okay? That's true, it's true, yeah. And, you know, right. it's like, you, you've you come a long way since being, like, the perpetual guest in season one. You know, we we definitely have a rapport at this point, but, I, but don't... Yeah, I'd say so. Don't, don't think that I can't uh, fucking bring down the hammer. If, All right. If you had to replace me, who would you replace me with? Um, Do I need to think, like, realistically, like, who would actually join me, or do could I think of, like, anyone? Anybody. Um, Brian Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm sure he'd be yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, we'd have a lot more followers, I think. Yeah, and a lot more criticism. Hmm, <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Anyways, um, so the matrices. 
Yes, the Maters is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so it seems like it kind of feels like they we, we don't really know anything about them. We know that the 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 Bene Gesserit are they they seem to feel threatened by their presence. Yeah. And so my thought is that they're kind of filling maybe a, a similar sort of role. Um maybe even similar to like Reverend Mothers. They might contain yep. memory lives within themselves, you know? I think um, they're I think they're absolutely like a um kind of like a rival faction of the yeah. Reverend Mothers, um yeah. in a way. Right, which it's interesting. It implies a couple things. One is that um, I feel like this this is an interesting plot point in that it it really does a lot to to tell us about the the scale of the galaxy itself, right? Which if you know anything about galaxies and space, like it's big, you know, that's not a surprise. But oftentimes in works of science fiction, it seems at least the ones I'm familiar with. Um, Star they Wars. Yeah, that's you know what? Can I just sound like I've watched like more than one thing for, <laughs> for once in my life? Like you don't have to call me out. You can sound like that. I was trying to and now <laughs> the illusion has been shattered. So it's it's Star Wars. Are you happy now? Yes. I'm talking about Star Wars <laughs> and I'm only ever talking about Star Wars except for when I'm talking about Dune. So yep. if I'm talking about Dune and I'm alluding to something else, then I'm talking about Star Wars. At least now we know. Great. The scale of the galaxy. Right. So in Star Wars, Connor... <laughs> The galaxy feels very small. It could be, you know, you can fucking light speed hyperspace yourself to wherever. That happens in other things. Um, but it seems like as a result of the scattering, humanity has spread so far that it's lost touch with itself, right? That, like, the people on these planets that we're familiar with or semi-familiar with... Um, do not really know that much about the people of the scattering. They're kind of this weird unknown variable and they yeah. seem to only know bits and pieces of knowledge. It seems like they've been um, gone for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Gone for a long time, you know, probably the whole 1500 years. Right. And, and they're also comprised, I think of, uh, Atreides lineage. Yes. And so, that's part of it too. So they can't even see them with prescience. Yes, exactly. Um, which adds to their, mystery yes yeah so that that continues that um revelation from the end of god emperor right that uh that siona was able to pass on that um that gene of hers that leto was um trying to create yep so of course we'll we'll see where that goes but yes that serves as a way to cloak them in this mystique um, but somehow they know about these honored matrix and yeah, it, it seems like they are like Reverend mothers or, or at least that's the impression that I get just from the way that they've discussed it. We don't even really know that. 
So we'll figure it out. <clears throat> but they've been brought up a couple times, so it's good to mention that here. Um, there's a lot of small things that are brought up or touched upon in this chapter. And it's only the first one. And instead of me going down a bullet point list of all the things that we can pick apart and dissect before we move on to even the second chapter, is there anything you would like to touch on or discuss um, about this opening here? Yeah, so it's it's a t another tough one because I, I read this over a week ago, you know? Yeah, my I know. My memory I know. is shit, and I'm, uh, I've been up since 5 in the morning, so... I know, I know. Um, but I do not think so and if if i do think of something i will uh i'll 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 tell you okay there's just one maybe one thing i want to mention here it has to do with the this kind of like revolving door of um benny gesserit like teachers coming in to to help with duncan yeah um so the last one well, Lucilla is here. She's here as something known as an imprinter, which is something we haven't heard of before. But that's what she is. She's an imprinter. Like from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like from Twilight. Mm -hmm. uh, that's um, that's like your Star Wars, man. It's like you just never shut up about oh, that yeah, shit. Oh, yeah, that absolutely is. Absolutely. Maybe um, that's what we'll read next on uh, when we when we really kick off book bras. Yeah, I think we have to. I think that's got to be the that's got to be number one. Nice, it's exciting. Have a fun time breaking that one down. <laughs> um, so we don't know exactly what an imprinter is, but what I think it is is that they want Duncan to, um, love her. Essentially, that yes. they they want to. You know, because they the the Benny Gesserit, this is talked about too, but they they don't really uh, view love as like a valuable emotion. You know, it's it's uh, something that they kind of harness and weaponize. Yeah, they can use it means. for their own. Yep, exactly. So I I think that is what her purpose is. Um, but before her, they that uh there was an issue with their previous um, Benny Gesserit named Gyasa. Um, Lucilla, when she mentions Gyasa, says to Shwangyu, I find it astonishing that you let Gyasa make such a mistake. We don't know what the mistake is when we're reading this chapter, but Shwangyu is like, yeah, whatever. It wasn't my problem. And then Lucilla says, an attractive child. Mm -hmm. Now... I put all these pieces together in my mind and I'm like, okay, so we're having Benny Gesserit come here to imprint on Duncan for presumably him to fall in love with them. And we know that this Reverend Mother made some kind of egregious mistake and was sent away. And Lucilla comments an attractive child talking about Duncan. And I'm like, okay, so I can fucking put two and two together, right? You know, like we all know what that means, right? Yeah. Yeah. We learn in uh the third or fourth chapter that's actually not what happened. No, it was just a weird thing for her to say. Yeah. 
Well, right. So that's what. <laughs> so I kind of circled back to this line, and I was like, "What the fuck? So why even say it? Like, why? Yeah, even no, just it's, be like, man, that twelve year old's hot. Like, it's very <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, that's thinking about it now. That is what I thought too at, at first, and then I didn't yeah. even. I didn't even when when the actual thing was revealed. I didn't even. Uh, but you know, think about it. But but yeah, that's a very strange. It's a very strange line to put in there. Um, yeah. The one thing though that I do want to mention before we move on to the second chapter is um, okay. They do ha- uh, mention for the first time a girl on Rackus. Yes, who yes, is yes, yes. Able to control sandworms. Yes. Yep. I think that's what my. Cool. I think that's what my cover is of, and and that's what, what the, I, reali- uh, I I I realize this, the same thing. I, I think it's definitely whoever it is that can you know control them somehow. Yeah, yeah, they um, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a young girl who fucking controls sandworms on Rackus, and no one really, no one no one really knows what to do about that. It seems. Yeah. Um. So. So so Duncan's part in that plan apparently is for him to to be used to uh I don't know ha- like have the girl fall in love with him or 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 have some kind of relationship between him and the girl that allows them to control the girl like I think Duncan yeah. is being raised and created for the purpose of of kind of like infiltrating and manipulating this yep. young, powerful girl on Rackus. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. As well as a few other, there's there's a, a few other things that you know, um, I, I raised an eyebrow about the 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 reasons they're raising this Duncan. Yeah, um, the purpose that they're raising him for. Um, I don't know what chapter it's mentioned in but it's okay if you want to just throw it out there because it's on your mind now it's fine man i mean there's there's a few mentions of um you know them be you know the bene Gesserit being wary of repeating their mistakes with with paul and then yeah subse- subsequently leto of uh of breeding another quasats hatterack yes that is also in this chapter yep, yep. yeah and um I, I feel like there is some implication there that this baby Duncan has some sort of potential um, to become that uh, or or one of his offspring, potentially. Um, so yeah. That's, so that's something to to uh, to watch out for. Yeah, you're very right. Uh, I, I definitely think the implication is that it's him specifically. Yeah. That has the potential to become a Kwisatz Haderach. And like, it seems like there might even be a division and thought amongst the Bene Gesserit yeah. um, about like if they should pursue that or not. And that's another interesting thing between Shuang Yu and Lucilla. They kind of represent this schism within the, the Bene Gesserit witchhood, right? Yes. Um, what's also interesting so far into the future, we've never, we've never heard of this before and we'll get to this in the very next chapter. Um, but but there's a mother superior who's kind of calling the shots. Yeah. The the ultimate reverend mother, you know, who essentially um, seems to be the head of the whole order. Uh, 
Shwangyu is pretty openly against... Uh, that's Terraza, isn't it? Terraza's plan, the Reverend Mother Superior. I think so, yeah. Um, and so, like, Shwangyu kind of, like, does her own thing because she's ordered to do so, but, like, vocally doesn't really mind saying that she thinks it's fucking stupid. Yep. Um, and so that that could also be a smaller piece of, like, this larger... Um, difference in the in the schools of thought within the Bene Gesserit. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I don't think there have has ever really been such a divide um in person like th- there definitely has been um you know, like subtle tensions between, you know, wh- you know, who whoever, but um but I I I do feel like they uh there 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 is kind of like an old guard and a, and a new guard within the Bene Gesserit and um I feel like that that was something that even like Leto uh talked about in in God Emperor and uh you know their their future and and how that how they uh as a uh as a group will will progress. That's true. Yeah, and in God Emperor, we also do get, like, the old and the young um, yeah. with Antioch and uh, I forget the other one's name. She isn't as important to the story, um, but she's the young one. And they, they have their own differences, right? Um, yeah. So may, maybe he does kind of plant that seed in the, the previous book, which would be cool, too. Yeah, um, but the Kwisatz Haderach thing, yeah, that's an interesting thing to bring back. Um, I know. When I saw that, I was like, huh, you know, so we're going to do that, are we? <laughs> we'll, right, we'll we'll see. But um, it, it's cool that it's there, regardless of how Herbert chooses to. Well, yeah, um, that's that's something with, with Herbert, too, is, is like he could plant that here now and then just never follow yeah. through with it. Right, it could simply be just a, a, a piece of his backstory in a way yep. where it's like, yeah, he could have been a Kwisatz Tatarak, but it went in the complete opposite fucking direction. Exactly, like, yeah. It might never matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like um, like Count Fenring. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, precisely. <clears throat> All right. Um, so in, in the incredibly quick summary, so yeah, it's really, it's these two Reverend Mothers observing Duncan there's a, a lot to talk about. They even mention um, Leto in the end, kind of just commenting on um, how how much he changed the universe um, during his reign. Yeah. You know, e- even the Bene Gesserit, you know, things have been like forever altered, you know, the Bene Gesserit acknowledge um, in a way that, that kind of makes them admire him and resent him, you know, that they, they wish that they have that kind of power and influence. Um, the chapter ends, you know, uh, Lucilla also notices like these armed guards, uh, there's Patron and Miles Tegg, you know, they, they seem to be the, uh, the main, Miles Tegg is the main commander, the Bashar. Yep. Patron is kind of like his, uh, understudy or right hand man, second in command, whatever you want to call him. So they seem to be the two people to pay attention to and remember their names when it comes to like uh like the the military or the protective forces on gamu uh and we we do come back to them a little bit later but they they're also brought up in this chapter so i just wanted to touch on that um okay 
we'll try and go a, a bit quicker, but man, there really is. A, I mean, it's a lot. In There's a lot. You know? And I'm going to, let's take a one minute break and then uh, come back. Okay. To I, no I got to I know I got to pee and we'll just fucking do it. All right. Well, all right. One second. And we're back. Okay. Chapter two. We get a lot more shit to talk about. This this book jumps around a lot. Yeah. This feels like the beginning of the first Dune book. This feels like jumping around in the different plots of Children of Dune in like the first uh, part of that as well. Like this is very much Herbert uh, starting with with that kind of uh, structure in yeah, mind. Yeah, it's got a lot of scope. Yeah, it, it feels like he he leapfrogs, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been a like, very every other book kind of thing. That's very true. Yeah, I mean... Which um, is an interesting pattern. I think it's definitely intentional, like um, kind of the, the loud, soft kind of rhythm, right? You know? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, Dune was, this, you know, a big adventure book um messiah was more of a quiet introspective affair children of dune was was pretty fun and adventurous um god emperor was uh you know i wouldn't call it quiet but it was definitely not not as 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 bolsterous Um, meandering and meditative yeah sure those those words certainly fit fit the boot the boot fits those words. <laughs> <laughs> Something about a boot, right? Yeah, boots in there somewhere. Uh, so, so yeah. Anyways, and, and right, and here we are. Uh, we we jump through a lot of perspectives, a lot of places. Um, our our second chapter takes place on Chapter House Planet. Yeah, that was that made me think for a second. It, yeah, the first time I read that, I was like, oh, well, they don't really mean that. Then I kept reading the chapter, and they say it again. Yeah. And Chapter House is a planet. Or yes. it's now a planet. I think originally there it were chapter wasn't. houses, and now right. it's a planet. Yeah, and it then, seems like it's become a planet. Then it makes you think, what is Chapter House doing? I don't know. It'd be really cool if there were a book that could, like, clarify some of it that would for be us. cool i mean take a look at the cover of chapter house and and, and think and and think about what you think that might mean i it doesn't help me because i've looked at the cover of chapter house dune for my copy and it's uh it it, it does not provide answers i've got i i have an idea i'm not gonna say it but i i do have an idea of what maybe it, it it is well, that'll be fun to talk about on the last episode of yes. Heretics of Dune Dudes. Uh-huh. Many, many, so try and keep that in mind. Now. Oh, I will. Um, so, yeah. So we're on Chapter House Planet. Um, Darwi Odrade is a reverend mother meeting with the Reverend Mother Superior Alma Mavis Terraza. I didn't remember that whole thing. It's, it happens to be on the first page, so I read it out loud. <laughs> Terraza for short. Yeah. <laughs> or just T, <tea>, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so this chapter will be a little easier to condense because um, we're we're still hit with a lot of things, but I I, I think I can um, get us there. It, it's essentially uh, Odrade's meeting with Terraza uh, to see if she is going to be. Um, I don't know, ready or, or qualified for this assignment. Um, Odrade feels like it's kind of, uh, I don't know, like superfluous or, or maybe not necessary. And, um, you know, Terraza is like looking for more than just what's in her profile. Yeah. We also come to learn that they know each other very well and yeah. they they have this long history of going through um schooling together where terraza was kind of always the one um tasked with with leading her along you know so it almost seems like this this uh, weird formality uh you know it's <laughs> i don't know it's like if i sat you down for a job interview and I, like, I was hiring and i was like well mr connor like tell me about yourself <laughs> like, yeah i mean it, it 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 seems like a yeah it does seem like a weird formality but also like uh there there was connection in back in the day and now due to terrazzo's role maybe it's uh, that has has wavered yeah yeah it, it very well could be something that has not been kept up yeah um, and i i think you're right about that um but uh but even so yeah just kind of interesting yeah at any rate the the big thing here is while terraza is looking over um odrade's profile and and considering if she's going to be sent to rackus or not which is yeah. what this whole thing is about um uh we didn't discuss oh, the, the the name really yet we 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 didn't but we we will let's get through okay. this and then when we talk about Odrade being sent to rackus we can, all right we can see what we think rackus might be fair enough um Odrade like uh tries to untangle some of her trauma like during this meeting she's like <laughs> it seems like whenever she has like a, a spare like five minutes she's like huh i think maybe i'm gonna think about my trauma and see if i can like make any uh, headway on that <laughs> yeah because she kind of mentions that she she has this ability uh to like layer her her memories over her sight in a way it's almost like she you know can can relive her memories in a way that's that's like uh visualizing them around herself you know so it so it's very uh very visceral for her you know very um real and tactile um part of this is triggered because she's like wondering what terraza could could be looking for what her weakness is and yes. so like she thinks like well what's my weakness you know yeah yeah and um so she was also from Gamu, or she was on the planet Gamu. I think that's the planet it was, at any rate. Um, and so Odrade was um, sent to a family on Gamu that were like regular people, 
Yeah. And was told that they were her mother and father. But they weren't really. And one day, the Bene Gesserit just show up. And they're like, hey, uh, thanks for watching this kid for us. We're going to take her back now, which was yes. always our agreement. Yep. And, you know, of course, you know, that's traumatic enough. And, you know, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of layers to Adrade's trauma. You know, it's, it's not just that she's taken away from her mother. And it's not just that she, you know, went her whole life up until that point, believing that this woman was her mother to find out that she wasn't. The, the biggest thing seems to be the separation itself and yes. her mother's reaction. Not her real mother, but, you know, I'm going to call her her mother for for this discussion. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can call the other one her, her bio mom. Yeah, there right? we go. That's what, they, that's what people call, <clears throat> call those yeah. types of roles. Yes. Um, so the the mother's offered payment but uh she she doesn't accept it she doesn't fight you know like i think she knows that it would be useless i think it's more than you know that she doesn't have the will or something i i think that she sees that it it, it would not help that it would actually yeah. hurt you know mm. um but she can't accept the money you know um and so she just like goes into this chair and just like rocks back and forth um and it, it really was a, a hard thing to read i think that detail specifically was um the very cutting because yeah. You know, in in stories and narratives, um, I, I think it's safe to say that we've come across scenes like this before, um, especially in like young adult literature and all that. You know, um, your parents aren't your parents, or or you're being taken away from a, a place that you thought was safe. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, in those instances, the parents will fight for you. You know, they'll kick and they'll scream. And in the case of like Harry Potter or something, they'll be murdered. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're right. Um, but in this short little window into Odrade's um, past, the 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 real thing is that the mother doesn't fight, but also it's not like it doesn't affect her. Right? She's like shaken to her core, the mother, um, as well. And Odrade sees that, you know, so I don't know. It, it's it's this real um, it's not a conflict, but it's it's this kind of like dichotomy between um, like this very real strong love that the mother feels, but the inability to like act on it in defense of her child. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And. And and the like very intense but quiet pain that like lives inside of her, you know. That Odrade sees as a child within within her mother, and that like also remains in Odrade as she ages and like becomes separated from over the years. But like still, even now we see returns to it, and it's like, yeah. hey, you know, that was weird, huh? Like she she doesn't even really acknowledge, like she knows it was fucked up somewhere, 
but she's been trained by the Bene Gesserit enough to be like not to see it as trauma well, in that way. Yeah, you it's know? it's so bizarre because like you know the Bene Gesserit are they're they're trained to like compartmentalize those types of things. Exactly. So yeah. while they like they they have all of those, you know, they they all have trauma in their past and they all have you know experienced love and whatnot, but. I just imagine that they um are are very very skilled at you know like walking freely from room to room and locking the door in between within their minds. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 very crazy to see, but then also when that goes wrong, we see the con the consequences. Like that's what led to. Paul and Leto, you know, yep. was Jessica's love for the Duke um, and giving him a boy. So, right. Uh, which, which so. the Bene Gesserit see as like the ultimate mistake. They're like, yeah. see what happens yep. when you love someone. Exactly. We lose the ability to control the galaxy for thousands of years. Cause yep. one woman fell in love with a man. Yeah, exactly. You know, they hold that up as like the ultimate failure. Yep. Yeah. And, and so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Cause because uh, obviously they are skilled in that way, but they are, but they can, that that skill can break down, right? And yeah. Cause, cause tidal waves. Yeah. Yeah, and even uh oh, you know what? That makes me think when we were when we were in the first chapter, and and you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Quasats Hatterack thing. When when the Quasats Hatterack thing is brought up, Lucilla has some kind of a connection to Jessica. Like, yes, she doesn't, she doesn't have like the memory self of Jessica, but like her, her own what? ancestors, I think are like yes. somehow related. Or yeah, there's, what, there's... what was the, the phrase like her, her Jessica self or her Jessica personality or something? Yeah. Or her, yeah. I, I forget what, what it was described as, but yeah, like, yeah, it's, but they're, but they're nervous, right? They're like, yeah. not a good idea. Like, yeah. don't do that again. Like like Jessica is is a very big player still in the Bene Gesserit you know history and um yeah even even gone plays plays a big role absolutely but um for this chapter do you remember do you remember why Odrade is sent to this foster family for years I think it's like. Is it like people are like hunting Reverend Mothers and like they need to be hidden or or Bene Gesserit or like there's some reason that like she can't be known to be yeah the daughter of a Reverend Mother or a Bene Gesserit or something so she's like brought to this it it is said in this chapter and if we can't think of it it's like whatever we'll talk about it later but I'm just wondering if you remember or or if that stirs anything in you because it's the one thing I can't really bring myself to remember why she's with this family. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the page right now. It's not, and I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not coming to me either. Um, but there is a reason. Oh, Hey, you know what? I think I found it. I'm going to read this small okay. passage. She hid you with us because she loved you, the woman explained. 
when Odrade was old enough to understand. The woman, I'm assuming, is maybe someone from the Bene Gesserit. It seems to be something that was explained to her afterwards. That is why you must never reveal... Oh, sorry. No, no, it is her. Okay. She hid, she hid you with us because she loved you, the woman explained, when Odrade was old enough to understand. Meaning she had been with the family for years. I get it now. That is why you must never reveal that we are not your real parents. Love had nothing to do with it, Odrade learned later. Reverend Mothers did not act from such mundane motives, and Odrade's birth mother mother had been a <laughs> Bene Gesserit sister. All of this was revealed to Odrade according to the original plan. Yeah, um, it still doesn't really tell, tell us why. You know, actually, I thought there was more to that. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe we don't remember because there isn't a clear answer, or maybe there is and we both forget because we read this over a week ago. Yeah, it's 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 one of those uh, one of those two for sure. All right. Um, well, whatever. We don't we don't need to get stuck on that. Um, if it comes to you, let me know. Otherwise, okay. maybe we'll we'll discuss it next episode or whatever. Um, but yeah, the the idea that uh, you know these reverend mothers that the Bene Gesserit experience all these same emotions, but um, you know think about them so differently. We've known. Uh, but to be focusing on these Benny Gesserit characters as like main characters for the first time since the Dune, for the, since Dune yeah, <laughs> with yeah. Jessica, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to come back and to to shine such a light on the the Benny Gesserit again, especially given the events of all the books in between the first Dune book and now, you know. Um, so I, I like getting into their heads, you know. Yeah, and no, I, same, I, I like seeing. Same here. I I think it's fascinating how how they've been able to you know survive um, throughout all of this. You know, I I would definitely like uh, some more kind of information about you know how how they coped with um, you know the 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 famine and the scattering and everything in in Lido's wake, just as a. Uh, as a group, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, so at the end of this chapter, um, Odrade, it, it does seem that she's going to be going to Rackus. Yep. Um, Terraza and Odrade kind of have this playful little, uh, like, inside joke quip that they have between the two of them. But but the, the chapter pretty much ends, it seems, with um, with Odrade going to Rackus. It's not, that I know, it's not really explained why she's going to Rackus. But <clears throat> if we're going to put the pieces together, it probably has to either do with the girl or, you know, for her to be there in preparation uh, of Duncan getting there because, yes. and here's the this part's kind of weird, but I'm gonna make this last connection here, and then we can go on to the third chapter. Um, but Lucilla is at Gamu to imprint on Duncan, but she's there to imprint on Duncan on behalf of Odrade. Yes, she, oh, she says as much because don't they look similar? Yes. They look like 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 very 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 uh similar to each other. Right. So Lucilla looks like a young 
Odrade. Yeah. Apparently it's super uncanny. Which might not be weird considering, you know, the breeding program and everything. You know, if they're Yeah, well we get more of that too. Yeah. Um So uh I I don't think it's like just a coincidence. I don't really know if they talk more about that exactly or explicitly, but I, I don't think it's just a coincidence. But right now they're just like, Yeah, you look like her. So um so anyways, you're gonna imprint on Duncan and that's good, but we don't really care about you. You're doing this for Odrade. Yeah. So yep. if Lucilla is successful in doing this work, then presumably when and if Duncan is sent to Rackus and meets Odrade, then the imprinting work will already be done and Duncan will just like transfer his emotions to Odrade. I mean, that I he would have for Lucilla. If they look similar enough, it, it, it'll it'll be a good uh, you know head start. That's that's that seems to be the thought process of it. Um, so I, I think Odrade is kind of being sent to be like this point of contact because we know that Duncan is also being uh, you know raised and prepared to go to Rackus. Yeah. Now, that all being said, Rackus. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, I mean, we knew there would be a name change, you know, from the very beginning of God Emperor. We did. So it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Um, now that we're at that point, there's still a lot of mystery. Um, as far as what was the process of of you know going through those the you know the 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 name cycles there um because at the end of the book at the end of god emperor it it it, it, uh listed out for us you know it went from being dune to arrakis to dune to arrakis so are we missing an entire dune cycle of of it being a desert planet yeah yeah so it would seem um and then even then it's like so how how old is Rackus? You know, if this is one thousand five hundred years after God Emperor was, you know, it it's tough. You have to account for like, well, there must be time in between, you know, after Leto's death, before before it becomes Dune again, right? I mean, fifteen hundred years almost seems like too soon for that even almost it oh yeah yeah no if we're talking about like the the shifts in like the planetary yeah. uh, geology and shit like yes and i think herbert's had some i don't know i don't want to say problems with that because it's like does it really matter you know like i i i agree that it feels like on the scale of change that he's talking about and the ways that things change it it is a relatively short amount of time. Um, but I'm trying not to get hung up on that because there's so many other things there. Yeah, I know. And I mean, so it's like, whatever in, in fairness, like I, I do feel like, um, you know, when Paul kind of terraformed Arrakis a little bit or, you know, Dune or, um, I mean, I, I feel like that was heavily manipulated. 
And then also, uh, you know, Leto's transformation of the planet from uh, from the desert to, you know, there there being barely any any desert uh, in in rivers and trees that took a long ass time, you know. So we we don't know exactly how long that change took place from, but I feel like it was, you know, not inconsequential. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we don't really know. It's 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 not a it's not a perfect science. Um, but, no, and 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 we're no scientists, you know. What, no. what do we know? But um, we're just mad scientists. But yeah, the, <laughs> well, we used to be. That's true. The but but the real thing is right. It's like what, what is interesting. Just like you're saying, there's a dune in between yeah. the end of God Emperor and the beginning of Heretics. I don't understand that. I don't know if it, if that's even the case anymore. But that just I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know what yeah. that means. I don't know either. That is how it was laid out for us, though. You're yeah, right. It is so. Going off of what we know or think we know, it it does seem like that's the case. So maybe then um, there was kind of like an extreme shift toward like total desertification. And then uh, maybe Rackus is like mostly desert, but, you know, pockets of greenery, almost the opposite of Leto's Arrakis. Yeah, that's that's The Sarir. Yep, yep. Maybe there's like a one forest that they yeah. like allow to to stick yeah. around. Yeah, that's. I mean, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I hope we'll find at least that out. I want to yeah, know what Rackus is like, and Same. I. They're certainly teasing it. It does. Uh, you know what's cool too is the way that the planet changes, just like the way that duncan changes you know even though we have duncan in each book it's like you don't really know what you're gonna get no different duncan different dune yep right and exactly different different planet same planet different planet yeah. right you yeah. know so it's like it's it's kind of crazy how herbert's able to make these changes that um it's like even though we're going back to this planet it's rackus now and it's like it might not be drastically different you know but just the the fact that he's able to create this feeling in the reader, speaking for myself, um, of, of you know, uncertainty and excitement about something that could very easily be familiar is, um, you know, takes a lot of skill. And uh, it, it really does make me think, really does make me feel similarly to reading the first Dune book. I remember us starting this duny journey and being like i thought i was going to open up the book and be on dune but you're yeah, on caladan you know? I, know I know those first however many chapters it's only people talking about it and yes. it really builds up this this kind of like tension to actually get to the planet and find out what it's like and herbert's doing that again here you know and it, it doesn't feel derivative um, no no not at all no um it's it's really well done and for all we know it'll be very different we'll yeah. we'll see but even if it's not like you know drastically different i i think the fact that he can pull off the same trick twice is um you know something something to acknowledge because it's not easy no. i think Many people try and do that, and it just feels like uh, recycling, you know, just exactly. a fucking rehash. Yeah, I think it's... But it doesn't feel that way to me. No, no, it doesn't. I think it's um, it's earned in this case, you know, like, it's... it's. I feel like the, the scope and the, 
it's and and the story is like told from so far and wide that it's like I don't know. It's kind of like the idea, like it's it's like you know, life or like the universe or history is like a a spiral, you know, and you keep on repeating patterns, but they look different each time you you cross them, you know. Um, I think that's kind of what we're going, what 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 we're seeing here too. Um, cause yeah, so I don't think it's a a bad thing at all. Yeah, same man. Um, okay. Do you want to go on to the third chapter? Let's do it. How are we doing time-wise? Can you give me an update? Yeah, we are almost at an hour and a half. Okay. Okay. Not, not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. I want to mention the the opening passage of this chapter real quick. I'm just going to read it. The existence of no ships raises the possibility of destroying entire planets without retaliation. Mm. A large object, asteroid or equivalent, may be sent against the planet, or the people can be set against each other by sexual subversion and then can be armed to destroy themselves. These honored matrices appear to favor this latter technique. So, uh, so there's no ships now. There are no ships. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's and, a, a logical progression from a no room. Yeah. And in the fifth chapter, we get even a little bit more no technology. And I think it's cool to see in bits and pieces that that's something that Herbert is continuing. You know, it's yeah. not, you know, I, I think that's something we even, you know, may have talked about. Um, like when it came to like uh, Edric's uh, ability to like block out yeah. um, prescience or even just introducing Golas and how that's like continued. Like sometimes these things are brought into a Dune book and it almost feels like, where the fuck did that come from? You know, they come out of nowhere. But yeah, I know. I th- I think you're right. And his uh, it, you know, to his credit, they they, you know, they usually stick around and become become really great parts of the universe. Yeah, right. He doesn't just introduce something and drop it. It's it's continued and developed and shown to be important, which is cool yeah. because yeah, it doesn't absolutely. make things feel just like you know. Oh well, ooh, I only used it to like solve this one problem in this one book, and then move on. You know. Uh, yep, exactly. So that's cool, and it also gives us just a little bit of insight, maybe, into the whole honored matrix thing. Yeah, um, the, yeah, the sexual subversion thing is a little. It's a. It's a little bit iffy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know. To me, it's like vague. You know. Um, but you know, but I, I guess they they use their wiles to um, to manipulate the the people. I suppose so. And it kind of it gives us this idea of them being dangerous. You know that their ability to uh, infiltrate and command uh, a people is just as deadly as hurling an asteroid at a planet. Right. Yeah. So it also kind of sets them up as more of a threat than just like 
you know, a couple people talking about them without any further information. So I, I thought that was a good opening passage. Yeah. This chapter is um, Duncan continuing his training, and then Duncan has, like, a huge flashback. That's pretty much what this chapter is about. And there's a lot in this chapter again, there is and a lot I, chapter. I will really try to not get hung up on every little thing. But, Connor, there is so much. I know, I know. Truly so much in this chapter. Um thinking about like the, 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 the history of Duncan's training and I don't know. Um, but I'm going to go for as broad brush strokes as I'm capable of. And then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. You go for usual. it. So Duncan is doing his training. He's, he's thinking of how much he hates Shuang Yu. Um, he kind of says this thing to himself. He says, damn Shuang Yu, damn Shuang Yu. It's like a song to him. Uh, he, he keeps it as this thing that almost helps him like keep time while he's doing his training. And we have a flashback of his, his younger years, just like a few years ago. I, I think he's nine or 10 in this flashback. Uh, he's he makes friends with the uh, the guards. He doesn't really know why he's on Gamu. Doesn't know a lot about himself. Um, but he he makes friends specifically with uh patron, patron whatever, and Teg the the two people that we've known about that were brought up briefly before. Yeah. And of course he wants to like push his boundaries, figure out what he can and can't do, all that stuff that, that any child would do. Um, and he goes exploring through the castle. He, um, he manages to not like escape where he's like on the run, but he goes to this place that he isn't supposed to go. He, um, and is able to like sneak by the guards. And so all the guards get in trouble, uh, Shuang Yu says that all the guards are going to be punished for Duncan's, uh, you know, disobedience. Yeah. Um, and that's a punishment that really affects Duncan. You know, if it were just Duncan being punished, he probably would have been fine with that. But of course, the Bene Gesserit know that. They know Duncan very well. Yep. Um, he, he realizes the consequences of his actions. Yes. Disobeying. So he has this whole conversation with another Reverend Mother who's not there anymore. Um, so without getting too much into that, um, uh, really the the big thing is that a after the punishment, um, Duncan goes to the library. He's not allowed to do a lot of things. So he goes to the library. He's trying to learn about you know, himself and by going through well he 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 he's interested in learning about um Leto, right? Leto, yeah, the god the, yeah. the the tyrant. Yes, the tyrant. Yeah. That's what he's called, right? Um Yeah, you're right. He, he he becomes very fascinated with that and that kind of leads him at the, when he learns about Leto's empire, of course he learns about Duncan. He goes, "Hey, that's my name." learns about Gola, learn about the Tleilaxu. He puts the pieces together. He realizes 
He's a Gola. Yes. And Shuang Yu comes in. Um, and realizes that, you know, he's learned it. I, there was like some alert system. And so, it, it, you know, it's interesting. It's not like the Reverend Mothers of the Bene Gesserit like block the information from him. It's more like, you know, they expect him to learn these things. And when they they come up against these like hurdles, they have contingency plans to deal with it. Yeah. Um, I think it makes them seem like very smart captors. You know, oh, yeah. Duncan seems to be selling them short each time. Uh, but they, they know what they're doing. It seems the, the Benny Gesserit seem pretty smart so far in this book. Um, so Shwingyu shows up, you know, she's doesn't even say like, Oh, you found out you're a Gola. She doesn't even really acknowledge it, but she's like, what are you doing here? You know? Um, and so Gyasa from there is kicked off the planet. Um, I don't really know what, I don't know if they say that she's just like banished or if they fucking kill her and Duncan doesn't know. I really yeah, don't know. She's not on the planet anymore. No, she's not. Um, yeah, that, you know, that, that was, a apparently, a a failing of, of her, her, uh, caretaking, you know, him, right. him finding out on her watch. Yeah, exactly. That, so that seems to be her mistake that was alluded to in the first chapter. Um, there could be more to their relationship. We don't know, but, but this seems to be the thing that that causes her to, um, right, leave and and lose her uh, lose her role in in being his caretaker at the very least. Um, and so you know, Duncan's pretty pissed about all these things. He he sees Shuangyu as a representation of this thing that you know just takes things away or or punishes other people for things that Duncan does. Yeah. Um and so he he focuses that as a as a hate towards Shuang Yu, of course. Um and when it cuts back into the present day of uh Duncan training and him being watched by Lucilla and Shuang Yu. Um you know, he um it, it feels like he's he's already plotting too. Like the the flashback thing ends where Shwingy is pretty much just like well, this is what she says. You've already learned silence, child. Rely on that knowledge. Duncan thinks to himself, very well. That's how I will fight you, damaged Shwingyu. I will be silent and I will learn. I yeah. won't show you how I really feel. Um and so Duncan seems to think that Shuangyu doesn't know these things, doesn't know that Duncan's even, like, plotting or hates her. I think he thinks he's, like, very confident that he can hide his emotions, yep. right? Yeah, he, he has no idea the, the scope of her, her powers. Right. But Shuangyu knows exactly how Duncan feels. Yeah. Uh, says as much to Lucilla. He's like, right now he's thinking this and that, thinking yep. that he hates my fucking guts. Uh, but that you're interesting, you're young, you're different, he's yep. going to gravitate to you. Um, I like all that, you know, because, you know, obviously the Bene Gesserit are supposed to be masters of, um, you know, reading underlying emotion and, and how people uh, feel and manipulating those emotions. So 
Uh, I'm really glad that it's not like, oh, Duncan has this secret plot, and for some reason they're none the wiser. They're like, no, we know, of course. Like, yeah, so, that would so be the insane. intrigue. It, it would be. It's not to say that I'd expect that or that Herbert would write that way and this is a surprise. It's more like I I really appreciate the way that these things have been built upon yeah. and that like the intrigue comes from these characters knowing things about each other rather than like what they don't know. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think you're right. So that's all cool. Um, even just that, you know, Duncan knows he's a Gola too is interesting. Cause like reading the first chapter or whatever, it's like, that was something that I was thinking to myself too, of being unsure about. Um, and here it's just like, yeah, he knows there's no, like, there's no moment where he's like, Oh, what am I? You know, uh, Herbert's just like, nah, he knows he's he a knows. Gola. Yep. And, uh, I mean, even though he is a Gola and you know he's he's being raised for this purpose or whatever, it's it's cool to have like a like an actual kid in the book, and not like a preborn weirdo, you know. <laughs> like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of a a nice change of pace. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, other than um, the incredibly minor characters of like Hera's children, yeah. um. Yeah, I guess this Duncan might be like the only true child that's really been like a character. Because you're think right, Alita, so. yeah, Ganema, Leto, yeah, they they've all been. Yeah, I mean, if if he's else. twelve now, you know, Paul was like fifteen when he first when we, we we met him, so that's not too far off. But there's definitely a it's it's not quite a kid anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are an yeah. important three years. Yes, for yes. for development. Yes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it is it is interesting. Uh, this Duncan is is right in between, um, you know, the the end of his childhood and the cusp of his adolescence. Yeah. Um, on yeah. top of all the other shit he's going through. I know. So can't wait to uh, to to you know find out how how puberty goes for him. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it could not I'm go sure, as poorly I, as Leto's. I'm I'm sure Herbert won't write anything uncomfortable or strange, course, uh, no. given no. those events. No <laughs> way. No, he's perfectly normal. He's always very prude and tepid. Yeah, no beef swelling. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Um, kind of. Is there anything else you'd like to say about that chapter? Again, I know there's a lot. There's more I'd say, but yeah, I, I'm okay just, to go on. To. Let's just let's just keep pushing on. Cool. Uh, I'm doing my best here. You're, yeah, you know? you're, you're doing yeah. a good job. Thanks, bud. A lot of ground to cover. All right, so our fourth chapter. This is uh, the Reverend Mother Superior Teraza going to. Miles Tag. Miles Tag is on some planet. I don't know where he is. They probably say it's not really important because he's leaving the planet yeah. pretty soon. Um but this was another interesting um wrinkle in how the Bene Gesserit seemed to have changed. Um 
in that Miles Tegg was, before he retired, the Bashar in the Bene Gesserit military. Like, essentially, the Bene Gesserit hire their own military forces to, you know, work assignments for them, protect them, or just be, like, a standing army, presumably. Mm -hmm. Um, And pretty sure that's never happened before you know no, the Bene Gesserit yeah we we've gotten no word of that before right right they they've always been like kind of this very insular separated um uh you know group they they yeah didn't really even want anything to do with any like outside influence or you know they they kind of like take care of their own things on their own but it seems like the universe has changed in such a way where they feel it's necessary for them to have dedicated uh, fighters, you know, a real military. Yeah. And it's something that's been going on for a while, at least. Because um, uh, Miles Tag has retired already, and I forget how many, like, hundreds of years old he is. He's he's not, like, he's no a normal chicken. old guy. Yeah, he's, you know, it's like... But normal is different for these people. It is, yes. You know, they, they, I, don't, I don't think they've ever had our normal lifespan, really. I think it's always been slightly extended and gotten higher with, as the, especially for, for those who partake in Spice, but... Um, well, yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was always about spice. Like like if um like like say Paul stayed on Caladan and Duke Le- you know, say they all stayed on Caladan, like with the exception of uh Jessica Right, because she had to take Well, at any rate I kind of felt that, like, it's strictly because of the spice and that you would pretty much still die at, like, 80, 90, 100, whatever, we, if well, you were on any other planet. We we have no uh, confirmation either way. Um, You're right. You know, but based on, on like, Monia was some crazy age when he died and he, he refused to take spice. So he was, like, in his, like, 150 or something like that, or maybe even more than that, I forget. But um, so I, I do think that they just have they they their lifespans are greater than our own. Um, yeah. In in general. That's true. That's true. Well, at any rate, I think it's safe to say that Tag's lifespan is probably enhanced from Spice. Yeah. Yeah. Even so. Yeah. Because I, without trying to like flip through the book and find the number, I think he's something like three hundred years old. You yeah. Know? He's okay. like. That's that's old. up that's up there. That's up there. Um. So, so yeah. So, point is, Benny Gesserit have a military, so that's now. Um. And so Taraza comes to Teg, who is pretty much just like has his own farm. Uh, a giant plot of lands. Works with his family. Seems to be like pretty happy, you know. He's like cool, you know, whatever. Enjoying his retirement. Yeah, as he should. Um, but the long and short of it is, Terraza convinces him to come back, to accept the assignment on Gamu. Convinces uh, is is not really the right word. It's uh, 
it's she she speaks to his his undying loyalty <laughs> yes that's a good point and he, he kind of he does think to himself at the end of the chapter like man they've really just been like waiting for the right moment yeah to, like, uh, th- like this is what they've they've needed me here for for you know all along because well there's there's a reason uh why why he needs to be this person for this duncan gola there's, there's a very yes. important reason yeah he looks just like he he looks just like Duke Leto's father, Paul's grandfather. I I think he just looks like Duke Leto, actually. I I think it's that he looks like Paul's grandfather. Let's see. The the ma- the one who was killed by a fucking bull. <laughs> um no, Which... no, so no, 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 no. So it's, it says, your resemblance to the first Leto Atreides, grandfather of the tyrant. Is oh, remarkable. grandfather of the tyrant. Oh, that's why I guess I got that stuck in my head. Yeah, because just, uh... because um, I don't know if if uh, Leto's father and Duncan ever met or were. I don't know if that that's a thing, but maybe. no. I don't know either. I I just took it more as just like um, like the Atreides genes being yeah. so strong. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. even if you hadn't met them, you'd be yeah. like, oh, that's an Atreides. You know, that's that. Him. That like, makes sense too. Yeah, but this this is the the likeness of the Atreides that Duncan had pledged loyalty to. Yes, yes, which, yes. Which okay, makes it I even, see. You know, all the more uh, effective, I guess. Yeah. No. Okay. Good. I'm I'm glad that you clarified that because I I guess I just glossed over that. And, um, but didn't... I, I was thinking that like the same thing. Like we've we've heard of uh of you know great grandpops, you know, yeah, Paul's grandfather. I I would like to see his character expanded upon, <laughs> and maybe maybe Brian Herbert does that. I don't know. I'll have to find out. Maybe every every time you're like, man, I'd really like to see that uh written written more thoroughly on. Uh, you'd be like, hey, maybe Brian Herbert. Like I, I don't know. I'm, if, I don't I'm, know just, if you're I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go through. I'm I'm, gonna, I'm assuming gonna you want. He's going to go down all those avenues. Oh boy. They're yeah. all gonna be awful Just, books uh, that I'll love. Yeah. That's that sounds like you. <laughs> um but yeah, and, and it is important for uh for Tag to look like Duke Leto the first because of how Golas are reawakened. Yeah, yeah. He's going to awaken the sleeper. Yes. Um and of course we know you know, even in God Emperor, they had to do the same shit over and over again. Yep. Um, Duncan will, in all likelihood, be uh, put into a, a situation where he needs to like stab uh, Teg. Yep. And his inability to do so because of how similar Teg looks to Duke Leto will cause him to stop and trigger his his sleeping memories yeah yeah um yeah that's uh pretty interesting i guess the uh i guess the paul gola thing uh didn't catch on yeah 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 back back when they used uh 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 a likeness of paul 
to awaken the Duncan Golas. Yeah. We still don't really know if that was a Paul Gola or just somebody who looks a lot like Paul or a robot or something that looks like yeah. we, don't, we don't really know the uh the exact way they were able to do that. Well, this is the way that they are planning on doing it, the Benny Gesserit. Yeah. Um right. And like you said, uh Teg is is aware of that and he's like, well, okay. Um but he he commands the defense of the entire planet. Um I think even like orbiting weapons and shit, like he's yeah. like the yeah. go to guy. Yeah. So yeah. that's part of his uh contingency to accepting the job. Um not to get into like specifics of it necessarily, but I, I do want to mention the back and forth between Terraza and Teg, I think is really good here. I, I think that their conversation is really sharp. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate like how um, formidable in a way Teg is like, Terraza seems like an interesting character, and she's not just like this stoic, unemotional, you know, like monotone, holier than thou, Reverend Mother, you know? Yeah. She actually is pretty expressive in this chapter, and even pretty open, you know? Yeah. Um, where, like, she knows that, that Miles Tag, like, n- you know, knows the way that, that, Terraza would operate too and you know I you know I I think she kind of allows herself throughout the course of their conversation to be like worried uh surprised concerned you know and doesn't necessarily hide those things like she has like real um a real like nervous uh, almost high-strung energy about her. Like, she seems, I don't know, like, a little aloof. I don't really know what word I would use, but, like, she's not Moheim. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely not. Yeah, no, she's, she's definitely a different breed. She's almost, um, I don't know, she has this, like, energy about her where I, I think clearly she is very strong. Like, there's a reason that she has her position, and I think that she can control and manipulate emotions, you know? Like, Including her own. Um, but I think that she has a, a familiarity and a history with Teg long enough that, like, she also doesn't really mind, like, um, exposing I think that's exactly more of her it. inner personality. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly it. And, you know, the same thing to a lesser extent with um, what's-her-face. Uh, uh, what's uh, Odraid or whatever. Yeah, Odrade. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Odrade, whatever. I yeah. like the way I say it. Um, so yeah, no, I I think she she definitely does maybe pick and choose uh, when she shows emotions a little bit more um, uh, liberally than than her predecessors. And then in the end, um, yeah. So Tags recruited. Patron, who was on, I don't know why I thought this, but, like, Patron, I thought, was, like, already working for the Bene Gesserit, and then, like, Teg came back, and, but, like, Patron was just on his farm, like. Yeah, yep, he's just, like, his, his guy, his right-hand yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Seems like they, 
they worked together for the Bene Gesserit, and then when Teg retired, Patron maybe just went with him. Like that's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's but, the impression I got. Um, so they also kind of go back in service together, which is kind of cool. Seems like they have a nice uh, relationship. And then the other thing is that um, Teg is a Mentat as well, which I just wanted yes. to bring up. Yes, 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 yeah. That's 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 great. I want to get some more Mentat action. Yeah, right. We haven't had a uh, a Mentat character with like a focus. At you know, we don't know how heavily he'll focus in the story, but Teg is easily poised to be a main character or, so. or, or, or a big player in yes, this in this story. Will. So if we get a Mentat in that role again, uh, that'd be pretty cool. I agree. I would like to see some Mentat computations and some shit. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool to to see how these characters are brought into the fold. How everyone is is uh, kind of set in place on Gamu from the the events of the first chapter. Tag seems like a cool guy. I like the idea of like this old military character. You know brought in maybe even against his better judgment um anything else about this chapter you want to mention oh i know it's been a while but so if not you know nah, it's, you... it's all good just do it up just do it up mm-hmm. all right all right so here's our last chapter this is where it really gets fuzzy for me yeah, um, this is this is where the weird shit starts. Yeah, well, that's the thing too. This chapter is like so fucking impenetrable. It's like working against you. Not since the fucking first Dune book have I read so many words that aren't real back to back and been like, "What?" <laughs> I know. Like, I know. I know. Because the thing is, is like it feels like I'm very um, comfortable with Dune's vocabulary at this point. Yeah. If I see the word Kwisatz Haderach, I know what that means. Yep. You know. Yep. There are so many words that are used. I'm convinced for the first time ever in this fucking I chapter. I think so. I think there was quite a few. Yeah. That I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's it's the damn dirty Tyloxu. Yeah. So that's, it's obviously that's, that's, that's they're doing. <laughs> But are they really? Dun dun dun. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's obviously intentional um, to throw all these words at us and and to maybe even like try and make you lose your balance, like the Mashik. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just looking through it Span- to like try Spanungsbogen. and. Yeah. Actually, wait. You know what? I want to mention something about that. Um. Where does it say that? It gives the de- the the definition right at right after it, but okay, it does. It says the span of the bow, how yeah. far back you draw the bow before releasing your arrow. Yeah. So I don't know if this is um, true or not completely, but when I read that word, I was like, "Oh, I know what that means." You want to know why I thought that? Because it made me think of the first fucking Dune book. Oh. There's this there's this opening passage. I remember it pretty clearly for some reason. It's like the Fremen were uh unique or or like good in that in that in that uh idea of like the desire to have something and then like the space between reaching out to grab. Yeah, I remember that too actually. And I think I think that the 
the word that Herbert uses in that passage is Spanish bogan. Oh, really? And, and so I don't I don't think it's that he forgot, but I think it's also this kind of like sly sort of commentary on the on the way that the meanings of words change over yeah, time. Yeah, that's a that's, um, that would be really clever if 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 that's the case. And uh Can you look that up? You looked something up before. Can you do that quick? I can look stuff up, yeah. Is um, Spanish bogan? Yes. S P A N N U N G S B O G E N. Sorry, S P S P S P A N N Okay. U N G S Oh okay. B O G S. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's uh That's it? Well let, let's see actually, let's see. <laughs> um Spanish Bogan Dune. I don't know if Spanish Bogan's a real word or not. Sounds like something you made up. I mean, it's German, obviously, but that's why I thought you German? knew it for a second. I thought for a second that since you took German, no, that you, no, uh... no. I mean, it's it's obviously like from Germanic language, but yeah. I don't know if he made up a German word too. You know, uh, I don't know if it's apparently real or not. it is a ger- it is a word, it is a German word, but the. Can you search Spanish Bogan Dune? Spell that for me. Again? S Spanish Bogan or Spanins Spanins. It's okay. It's 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 Jesus. It's S P A. I got it. God damn it! All right. Spanins Bogan Dune. Oh yeah. Did I not get a? Did I not say a G in there before? Maybe not. Sorry. Well, what's what's the other word from uh from from the first one? Is that it? No, no, that's so what I'm saying is I think the, the same word, word is the same. Oh, okay, gotcha. But I think in this book he gives a different definition for it. I was wondering if you could look up and see if he says the same word in the first book. Oh shit. Yes, yes actually. He does. He does. Yeah, it says um the self-imposed delay between when one begins to desire something and when one attempts to achieve or acquire, acquire it. Um, but then the, the real, the real, the, the real world definition is, is um, arc of tension or sequence of events that give rise to suspense, which, which translates more to the, the drawing of the bow or the tension of the bow. I see. So the the the, the word is used twice, uh, once correctly. Okay, which is that's cool though because it both definitions work. Because if you use yeah. the, the the definition from the first book, then you know the Tleilaks who have had this desire to like uh, assert their power and almost take a kind of vengeance. Yeah, um, they've been waiting they, for they so wait. long. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so so I don't know. So it's cool. It Thanks is for cool. Yeah, definitely. That's a good, you've got a good memory. Well, the thing, it was, it was a weird moment because I read the word and I was like, that sounds really familiar to me. Like, I think I recognize that. And then you're right. Like it follows with this definition and I was like, oh, maybe not. And I just didn't look it up. But then you, I don't know. We were talking about it. Yeah. Made me, made me think about it. (laughs) Um, but anyways, so let's use that as the jumping off point to, to wrap up this chapter really, because 
really the big thing is that the Tleilaxu are playing the long game, after all. Um, even during the events of God Emperor, when everyone calls them the dirty Tleilaxu. Just like you said. Yep. Um, according to this, that's a part of their plan, that they are trying to create a perception of themselves as uh, lesser than yep. what they really are. So they can kind of build up their their forces in complete secrecy. Yes. Um, and they even have their own no room where they conduct council meetings. There's this character, uh, Tylwith Waff. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Uh, they, so him and like this council of people are, uh, are, uh, plotting in a no room, you know, um, of course, in order to ensure complete secrecy, um, he seems to be this kind of like religious leader. There's an interesting, inf uh, bit of information where the Tleilaxu consider Leto be a, a prophet yes. and not a god mm -hmm. um very very much in the way that like judaism uh considers jesus christ to be a prophet and mm. and not god himself yeah feels very reminiscent of that and they're like yeah you know we we recognize the importance and the contributions of leto <laughs> the second but we don't see him as a messiah yep. he was a prophet mm -hmm. um so interesting distinction but they you know, I, I I guess it just shows more of like you know, not only Leto's influence, but the way that uh, people can like interpret it yeah, too. Definitely. Um, and I don't know. Just like looking through the chapter, what I remember is like the Slaylaxu are like, "Hey, we're plotting." Uh, yeah. We have a lot of plots, and we've been plotting, and they, it's almost time to do the plot. And I don't know what the plot is. They, and I don't know they what are say. building something big, um, and yeah, they've been secretly plotting for a long time. They're also concerned about the the honored maters um, a little bit, but um, the big thing is that is the discovery of the Atreides Manifesto. The Atreides Manifesto. Can you refresh my memory on that at all? Um, it's uh, is it something that like uh, older Atreides wrote, like before Duke Leto the first? We don't, like, we well, don't really know. We, yeah. we don't really know. Um, Maybe I gotta try and find this in the book. Cause yeah, I, so so it's it's kind of getting towards the end of it, but um, uh. Also, like one of the weird things about about them too that is a, uh, um, it, it's 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 implied that since that that th that they're all golas or that that they that, that that they're extending their lives via golaism, and I think they're saying that Sightail is there. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember seeing the Sightail thing. Yes, because they say Sightail has even spoken to Moadib. Um, and, and like it mentions how old they are and how, how there, there's a few parts on their body that shows their age, but they're, um, yeah. So yeah. So, so that's very, Man, very, this chapter is fucked. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, 
and let me see. Uh, I, I see what you mean. I'm looking. Um... Yeah, yeah. They, they, they talk about um, the Atreides uh, and I'm not sure where it's it's definitely kind of um, underlined on the very last page. But it does, it does get brought up a few times before then, I think, too. In terms of... Um, yeah, like... right here, right here, right here. Yeah, so, okay, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, they had read the documents in Kel, the Atreides Manifesto. They spent a night of reflection on the manifesto's message. Now the words must be confronted. Waff put a place the document on his lap. I propose to spread these words far and wide. Um, and then he says he wants to do it exactly as it came into their hands. And then uh, Miralat says that's dangerous. Um, he says not dangerous to us. Um, and so apparently whatever it, the, this Atreides Manifesto is, is going to um, uh, start a fire, you know? Yeah. And to answer my own question as I was looking through... It seems like they just don't <clears throat> they don't name an author, but they say um, this manifesto has a single author. Every analysis agrees. Written by one person and that person a true Atreides, no doubt of it. Yeah. So I, I think it's just meant to be at this point at least, kind of assumed to be probably someone older than Duke Leto, at least. Maybe it's his. Maybe it's the. Maybe it's uh, the grandfather. Could be. Paul's could be old Grandpappy Atreides. It could be. We could finally get some some uh, some develop you know development there. Maybe Brian Herbert won't have to delve. delve into that, <laughs> that yeah, time will tell. But yeah, there's there's so much going on in, in this chapter that I we I don't think we can even begin. To no, you're down. you're right, and even um. Like, some of the people, like, the attendants, the... Because I know uh, Waff, like, goes out to this religious ceremony. Someone, like, holds the door open for him, and that person's, like, a face dancer. But they're face dancing as someone... It seems like not a person, but, like, a group of people known as a Dommel. Yeah. Um, It sounds like the the society is very, like, separated or segregated to me. Yeah. Like, it it didn't sound like he was, like, a person. I think it's, like, a group mm-hmm. i'm not even sure about that but that's what i think um well yeah because i because i think i mean there 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 too definitely has been um talk about like how tyloxu society kind of is, like treat face dancers as like cattle you know yeah yeah um, yeah and so they're kind of maybe like a lower cast of the, right. of the society i don't know um but what i'm excited about is we you know We've gotten Tyloxu action here and there, and we heard a lot about them. But it seems like we're finally going to actually get to know them as like a as a people. Yes, which has barely happened uh, up to this point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I think for as uh, cryptic and and odd as this chapter is, you know, if you end the chapter realizing like, okay, the Tyloxu are plotting. And it seems like they are going to be playing a role as as a kind of antagonist in this story. I think we're good, you yeah. know. Yep. And so I, I think you're right. Um, 
this chapter definitely sets the uh, ground for the Tleilaxu to, to have a, a major role in this book. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that is interesting, right? It, it won't just be, you know, a couple people jumping out, uh, you know, on the side of the road, presumably. And yeah, and if yeah. there's even bigger things happening, like Sightail, you know, know could that, be back in some form. You're you're right. They yeah. name drop him. You're absolutely right. Um, so I guess it's a Sightail Gola. Um, yeah, which I, I mean, yeah. It feels like the doors are wide open for like anyone to like fucking yeah for real show up. Um, I know, I know. And and what yeah, what old characters are we gonna get? Face dan? Are we gonna get a Lido face dancer? A Lido yeah. Gola? What? Like that? I yeah. Mean, the possibilities are are endless. Um, yeah, yeah, it's bonkers. It is. Um, yeah, it's. And the weird thing too is like the first four chapters, even though there's so much information, it feels like it tells a a pretty connected, and and fairly linear, like very interesting but fairly linear story. And then like not that this like diverges in any grand way, but like. To have this be the last chapter we end on in our section I know. was like such a uh, such a left turn. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, wait, what? You know, like the first yeah. four chapters are, are all doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, I, I have to learn like 20 new words to I try know. and figure out I what's know. happening with the Tleilaxu. What a great cliffhanger to, to end off on and be reminded of it now a week later and uh, <laughs> ready to, to, to dive back in. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. I might even have to reread like the, the last five pages of that chapter yeah, or something. I, might have to I don't do know what skimming. the fuck. I'll do a little skimming maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, um, overall, what I have to say is it, it – we had a lot of ground to cover, just like you said. Um, and that can make for a long discussion. But when I'm actually sitting down to do the reading, um, it makes me feel very engaged. And yeah. I, I mentioned yeah. this like reading, not to keep saying like, you know, oh, like the first Dune book, but I, I, it really does make me feel like having that experience of um, jumping into something completely new, you know, where... I need to do the work to like figure out, well, you know, how are these characters connected or like, what is their motivation? You know, what does this word mean? You know, totally. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that there are, are opportunities in this opening to, you know, feel like it's kind of up to me to put some of those pieces together. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I, I appreciate that as well. So there is a lot of new stuff and a lot of potential for you know, big changes as always. And, um, you know, of course we're only five chapters in, but I have to say, I'm really happy with these first five chapters. It, it promises, um, a lot of different players, um, you know, several different locations. I'm sure once we get to Rackus, it'll focus basically on Rackus, yeah. just like it does with Dune. Yeah. But, you know, but that the, that the threats, and that the different characters, um, you know, are going to come from so many different backgrounds, whether it be from the Scattering, the Bene Gesserit, the Tleilaxu, Golas, uh, who knows, you know? No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, the doors are still wide open and, and I feel like we're, we're just starting a, you know, a wild ride, which is, 
a much different vibe than uh than God Emperor. And and so um Yeah, which which I'm I'm definitely happy for. Um as much as I enjoyed God Emperor. It's it's good to kind of be um I don't know. Jumping onto a moving train like this, you know. Yeah. I agree, man. Um any other thoughts you'd like to share, or are you uh, are you good? I don't think so. I'll probably think of some for next week. I'm just I'm too tired to uh, to formulate any uh, any ideas right now. It's all good. Hey, thank you for uh, sticking through this already long discussion. Yeah, uh, on these yeah, first five no, chapters, thank, I, I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend, and uh, once again, congrats on the theme song. Uh, definitely text me those lyrics because I'm excited. I, to see I, I will. I will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you want to email us, you can at uh, dunedudespod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at dunedudespod, where we've got a very popular and active account there on on twitter.com slash dunedudespod. Uh, you can uh, follow us at Krups TV on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, just hang on to that moving train, man. Hell yeah.